Hello, Queer Coteers! It's episode 90 of Comic Book Queer's CBQ Legacy. I am Evil Jeff, and for the 90th time, Jesus Christ, this is Brett. <laughs> for the 90th time. 90. <laughs> That's I'm so funny. 90. <laughs> We're talking about comic books for the 90th time. Oh my God. <laughs> 10 away from 100. We need to start planning. We need to start planning 100. Yeah, I do this uh, web series called Uh, um, which stars these two drag queens on YouTube. And they were doing a 100th episode. And then they came, they're like, yay, 100th episode. And like, oh, what are we going to do? Like, nothing was planned. Shit. So half Stressful. of the episode with them just talking, being like, we should have done this. We should have done <laughs> that. And you're like, we don't want that. We're garbage. <laughs> we don't want that. We want to plan. We want to deliver something. I'm telling um, you, I'm writing a full-length musical. Yeah. Ah. Uh, ooh. Well, I will say, um, uh, should we just get get right into it? Yeah. There's a lot to talk about today. I want to bring up something that I didn't bring up before in our little pre-chat. Okay. There's now the new clickbait. Is X-Men entering the new Marvel universe? Because on two occasions, I've seen articles just like stro- like scrolling through, mostly ad-sponsored articles or something, and it's like Marvel has some fun and new fun new ideas of how X-Men are going to join the MCU. And I'm like, ooh. And then I click on it, and it's an interview with like some executive. And the executive literally says, I don't know, but I'm sure we're going to do some fun and interesting things. Oh, God. And then I'm like, that is not what? (laughs) It's like you literally just said what the title of the article was. (laughs) And there was no reason for me to read this. So many articles today are somebody said a thing about a thing that was said when somebody was talking about some other thing. I also love how now YouTube, the thing that you say now is like someone was destroyed. Like, watch Joy Behar destroy Megan McCain. And she was like, oh, I think you're being a little aggressive. Yeah, yeah. What equates to destroyed. Stupid stuff. But things, I don't know, everything's garbage. And I remember things. Certainly the internet. Things used to be better. Um, And because I just found out it's been 20 years since Angel debuted on television. Damn. That's crazy. I feel old. I know. And they um Entertainment Weekly did a whole like their photo did a whole like cover story and like filmed like an interview with all of the actors and I of course watched it. And it just made me wax poetic for Angel and also just impressive that the year after Angel ended, David Boreanaz got the show Bones and was on that for like 12 years. And then that after was... that, he got really? immediately got another show and he's on a show now like about Navy SEALs. He literally has been in a show since 1997. He has never not been in a TV show since 1997. Take a day off, David Boreanaz. Fuck you, David Boreanaz. 
and he's still uh, hot as hell. But he's I, hot as hell. I Ugh. love Angel. And watching all of them talk again, they were just like, oh my God, it was a dream job. And Joss Whedon was amazing and the writing was great and it was so much fun. And I was like, and I'm one of the few that I felt that Angel surpassed Buffy. Really? Really? Here's the deal. Buffy. Ooh, controversial. I know. Buffy, sixth season, um, when she uh, died and came back to life and was started fucking Spike, got really dark. And then Willow became the bad guy. And I was down with Buffy all up to that. But that seventh season was a pile of garbage. Was that the final? Yeah, that was the final. The right? final season of Buffy was a pile of garbage. And at the same time, Angel had just hit its stride. Angel, how many seasons? Angel was five how, seasons or six seasons. Okay. Five or six. Thank you. Thank you. And how many seasons did it overlap with Buffy? Like they were on together? I think, no, because Spike died the and showed up in the last season. So yeah, there was just one season of Angel mm-hmm. after Buffy was over. Because then Spike oh. went to went to Angel. Gotcha. And I just, yeah, Buffy just kind of lost it. And I think it's because they just, they weren't in high school or college anymore. And it was more just about her being like a leader of all these new young recruits. And I'm like, nope, yeah, not interested. Where Angel just, and that was the brilliance of Angel is they knew how to completely reinvent it. Because in the last season, which was so good, the bad guys were Wolferman and Hart, which were the evil law firm, which were the big bad that fought Angel. In the last season, they uh, took over the law firm. And the whole entire point is Angel is part of a prophecy of a vampire with a soul. But Spike got his soul in the last season of Buffy to win Buffy over. And then when he shows up in Angel, he's like, oh, that prophecy is about me. I got a soul too. And so it's just like them like fighting, like this like odd couple like fighting over who the prophecy is about. It was just <laughs> such a smart move, like that many seasons in to do something so fun and different and still in, ah, oh, it was amazing. The final moment of Angel, like the series finale's oh, final moment. I loved Did it. Did you like that? I liked it. I thought it's, it was It's great. such a classic. No, I do, I do too. I think it's such, it's one of the best series finale closes. And they I talked think. and they fought about it in the interview with all the actors. Where some hated they, it, some liked it? No, not hated or liked it of whether or not they survived. And Spike was like, oh, we Spike was like, wow. we all died. He's like, we all died. And, we Angel, all died. and Angel was like, no, we did not. We survived it. In the comic books, we survived. And, and Spike's like, we did not survive that. <laughs> <laughs> and they were, it was just cute watching them like fight over it. Yeah. And then, Are you still- uh, yeah. Are you reading that Buffy comic? Yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, I wanted to ask you about Angel. Angel, um, who looks the best now <laughs> from like the video? Honestly, they all look amazing. I oh, mean, we, we've seen God Amy bless. Acker. She was just in the, you know, the X-Men. In the Gifted. The, the Gifted. The, <laughs> um, she still looked great. Charisma Carpenter I clearly has had work done, but she looks amazing. I mean, she was very shiny, so she was Botoxed and had the cheek implants, but but she looks great. Uh, David Boreanaz um, and Spike, I would still fuck both of them. And then what's Spike's his name? on Runaways, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, and then what's that's the thing is Spike is like almost sixty. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's crazy. Spike was like hitting forty when he was in Buffy. Like, and I was like, "What?" And David Boreanaz looks good, but he's definitely getting like beer bloat face. I yeah, think he's, I'm okay. assuming he's a heavy drinker. Um, and then is his name Gunner? Yeah. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> like, I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, him and then Alex Desmanov, who's Allison Hannigan's husband. They mm-hmm. still look good too. Everybody for 20 years. Everybody they looks all good looked for 20 years. Good. They all looked good. Okay. As in, they all looked like they could just start the show back up again. Clean living. Uh, but I am reading the comic and the comic, it's just all the original characters. The Buffy comic. Yeah, the Buffy comic, but it takes place in the present day. And it's just, it's really just like ultimate universe. It's taking all the same storylines, the same plots, the same characters, and just kind of revamping them into a present time. Do you find that interesting? Um, Honestly, I really do. I do. I kind of, I, I was watching, I was reading it and it was just kind of like just showing like them meeting each other for the first time and, and how like in the age of telephones and texting of how Xander and Willow, like they, they're like filming like the, like her attacking people. And then she's like, Hey, you can't release that. Like it's, I don't know. It's kind of like these kind of different plots where you're like, Oh yeah, that would happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, and Cordelia's character, she's like the class president and she's like the most popular girl and she's super nice. And I'm just like, what is going on? And she's super nice. And then finally, like she like lets it out what a total bitch is <laughs> and that it's all yeah, just an act for her to be like, you know, class president. So there, and then in that, uh, em, what's it, Emma Caulfield's character, Anya is in it from the very beginning and she like owns oh. that magic shop. Okay. And so she's in it from the beginning owning the magic shop. So the magic shop is like kind of always there and it's, it has nothing to do with Giles. And that's Anya's thing. And then Darla and Spike are the two bad guys coming in as the big bads. So it's fun. It's great. It's fun. I love it. A little remix. I love Buffy and Angel and everything now sucks. Oh, and happy anniversary, Angel. Oh, yes. Um, I am glad that you brought up Buffy and Angel because... When I think of those shows, I think of specifically Buffy, I think of character development and I think of characters going through a lot of changes over and growth over the course of a show. Evolving. Um, And I got to say, that's how I feel about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And it's got that, it's just got those arcs, those growth arcs, those trajectories, that massive change. Every character is so different from who they were when they were first introduced. And the reason I'm saying this now is because this week's or this last episode, um, season six, episode six was all about Fitz and Simmons. Wait, I have a question though, real quick. Yes. Aren't some of the character are any of the characters like different dimensional characters from who was originally on the show? You mean like from a different dimension? Yeah. That's what's going on with Colson right now. So last season ends with um, basically the the resurrection of Coulson was wearing off and his body was crumbling. And last season, season five ended with Agent May and Coulson admitting that they're in love, 
openly being in love, um, going to dies. the actual, yeah, well, yes, going to the actual island of Tahini, which was the, the, the source of the illusions of, of his tahini background. Tahini so as, as in the ingredient in uh, I'm sorry. I say, this, I say Tahini all the time. <laughs> Tahiti. Tahiti. <laughs> Why do I always call it Tahini? That's why I thought oh, they so like hungry. made it up. I thought they just like made up a new island. No, Tahiti. tahiti. <laughs> uh, anyway, so it ends with Melinda May and Coulson on the island of Tahiti enjoying Coulson's final days. So like the what when the season ends, you're left with knowing that Coulson probably has three, four days left to live and he's spending it with Agent May on an island. Uh, next season, this season, picks up, well, some time afterwards. And we're kind of really unclear what happened with May and Coulson. Like, basically what, what his last moments were like. But Clark Gregg is playing a guy named Sarge this season, who came from another dimension. Just found out he and his team, who are pretty bad, they're pretty murderous. And, they're, you know, they wear dark leather and they're dirty. Oh, yeah. They're jerks. Uh, <laughs> what a bunch of jerks. Yeah, they call him Sarge. Um, Melinda May called him Coulson while they were fighting, and it rattled him a little bit. Uh, he just admitted that he is over 100 years old. He doesn't know the name Coulson. It, it, it feels like it has some meaning for him, but he doesn't remember what that he, he certainly doesn't think of himself as Phil Coulson. Um, and you find out that he is a monster hunter. Him and his team are trying to hunt down these parasitic monsters that destroy planets. Um, and so what he's going to do is lure the king of the monsters to this earth and destroy earth to kill the king of the monsters. Oh, because he's world. like, I want to save my earth, so I'm going to destroy this earth. Yeah, very incursion-y. <laughs> I think, actually, his planet was already destroyed. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. But this is not the plot line I am here to talk about. Okay. You're talking about Fitz and the, Simmons. Now, before, I'm talking about Fitz and Simmons. I want a bit of backstory, though. D wasn't Fitz and Simmons, weren't there different dimensional characters of them before, too? So, yes. Uh, but that was a manufactured dimension. They were in a place called the Framework, where they did the whole what-if story arc. They were all agents of HYDRA. Really, they were strapped up to a giant machine, but okay. they were living inside this world, this shared world inside their heads where it was very, you know, you die in that world, you die in real life kind of thing. Okay. Um, it was called the framework. It was um, uh, like an, an evolved LMD that created it. Um, in the framework, they were all different people. It was very House of M. Yeah. And Fitz was uh, he went by Leopold, his first name, and he was essentially like a sadistic, um, mad scientist, uh, militant doctor type in Hydra. Dark Beast. Okay. Fitz has a Dark Beast. Uh, and the thing, like, it rattled him. Once they were out of the framework, he was like, shit, that was kind of like me. Like, that, <laughs> that wasn't a part that was very hard for me to play. That felt great. Okay. So I've, Fitz has got like a dark Phoenix in him. I have another question. This is cause I'm literally only going by what you have told me when you've reviewed it on this show. Wasn't there a plot line in agents of shield where somebody was like talking to them, like you thought someone was there, but then they weren't, it was, they were just yes. talking to themselves. Uh, was that those two as well? Yes. Okay. What was that, that was about? when, 
they drowned um, when you. Fa- so it was right around. It was right around Winter Soldier where you found out Hydra had infiltrated Shield. Okay. You found out that Agent Ward, one of the leads of the show, was actually Hydra. Agent Ward then basically trapped Fitz and Simmons in a box and dumped it in the ocean. Jesus. And they they were under they, they Fitz suffered enough brain damage from it that it affected him basically throughout the following season and that's where it was brain damaged Fitz who you found out every time he was talking to Gemma it was not Gemma it was imaginary and Gemma had quit. Oh okay. But she wasn't dead or anything. Okay. Okay. Nope. All right, nope. so what's she this new there. what's this new twist that happens? So here's uh there this is another kind of is there a d- d- different dimensional version so this is wild i mean the show is really it's strung together very creatively um it may contradict kind of the stuff that was established in endgame but who cares well they specifically so, said this is an endgame like this isn't in the same universe right? yeah exactly well no but nah they just kind of like have loosened up on that stuff okay you know they still like last season somebody said thanos is coming <laughs> i mean it's it's still the same deal um, so last season, everyone except Fitz got transported to the future through this thing called the monolith. Uh, they were taken to the future. Fitz was left in the present. In order to get to them, Fitz went into cryo sleep. He's, he's, he's like, I'm doing it the hard way. And he went to sleep for a hundred years or 70 to a hundred years, whatever it was to catch up to them. They were transported instantly, 70, 100 years in the future, Earth had been destroyed. Uh, long story short. Wait, does all this take all, place 100 years in the future now, the whole show? Last season did. Oh, okay. Last season did, they picked up a new character, this guy Deke, who is so funny. Uh, they all go back to the present. So you've got Fitz, who woke up from his sleep, and the team, who had their adventures in the future, picked up their new character, Deke. They all go back to the present day. Two things happen. One, you found out Deke is the grandchild of Fitz and Simmons. Oh, weird. But it, so it's like a cable situation. And okay. then two, Fitz dies. What? Fitz dies. They're escaping from somewhere and the ceiling collapses on him and he dies. Wait, but then also, isn't he, if they went back to the present, isn't he technically in cryosleep still? Yes. Yes, he is. Okay. So. But then if he's the grandkid, did he, do we know when? Did they already fuck and get married or anything or? They've gotten married last season. Okay. Okay. But if it's a hundred years in the future, would that mean that they fucked? Uh, I don't know. I'm okay. Just keep going. anyway. He, uh, so uh, he dies. Fitz dies. So they're like, wait a minute. There's another Fitz in cryo sleep. Let's go find him. So that's where this season picks up. This season is about Simmons trying to find the Fitz that went into cryo sleep because the one that woke up and went back to the present just died. But if but how does time work in this world if they get him and that means he doesn't wake up in the future? Doesn't that fuck everything? I mean, right. So they're in they're in the middle of this big they have no idea what to do because they don't they know that there's paradoxes they're causing. They don't know what. Though. Oh, so are there so, people that are they're aware like maybe we shouldn't do this. Maybe we should. Yeah, okay. there's, there's like 
like watcher type aliens that are like, yeah, you really can't do this. There's like time hunters that are hunting Deke and are like, you don't belong in this timeline. Oh, fuck. Um, like paper. Girls. So, yeah, yes. So Simmons finally found Fitz. Uh, they were they were both taken by these aliens that need them to invent time travel. Because keep in mind, it was like this rock that sent them to the future in the first place. It was nothing they created. The alien wants them to create time travel because they've sort of experienced it. She's like, you, you've done it, so make it. Do it for us. Because she wants to go back and save her planet, this alien. So in this episode... Keep in mind, this is the Fitz that went to sleep and pretty much missed a whole season. So in this episode, they're in this room. You find out, long story short, they're in another framework. Like, they're actually both strapped to a machine. And they're in this reality where they can create anything they want. And, like, all this weird shit happens. Um, but are you aware of that? Yeah. No, not yet. Not okay. yet. You... They're just in a room and he sees her and they're finally like, oh, my God, it's you. You know, I haven't seen you in for half a season since the other you died. <laughs> I would love it if he, he actually said that. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, listen, I can't be around. Like, I can't not be with you anymore. Will you marry me? So this is the fits that doesn't rem- it isn't the fits that married her. It's it's the fits that went to sleep before they got married. Yeah. <laughs> and so she's like, sure. <laughs> yeah, no problem. And then instantly becomes a seven-year-old girl. And he's like, what the fuck? What? And that's when they figure out they're in some sort of mind prison. So the whole episode is their emotions. It's kind him of fucking a seven-year-old girl. <laughs> well, it's him getting her getting her to grow up. Uh, and he actually starts talking about fucking someone else that makes her like all of a sudden become an adult again. Mm. But their demons kind of come out. And so Simmons is in her little girl's bedroom and he's like their the music box starts. Her music box starts shaking. And Fitz is like, what is going on there? She's like, oh, that's my music box where I keep all of my, all of my troubles. Daddy oh, always God. told me to just keep my problems in a little box. Uh so Subtle. all of a sudden the box breaks open and it's demon Gemma. <laughs> and they're what? like, run! <laughs> it's Gemma's troubles. And she's like a, a demon zombie. Uh, okay. uh, and she's trying to kill them. When they're on the run, they bump in and Fitz is stressing out about stuff. They bump into evil Fitz from the framework many seasons ago. Okay. Like sadistic Dr. Fitz. So, and they get split up. Evil Fitz is chasing real Gemma. Demon Gemma is chasing real Fitz. Of course. And then, so basically, they, they both run into the same room and lock themselves in the same room with both of their evil versions, like, banging on the windows trying to get in. And they have a big fight. They, they, they're reconciling. Um, it, he finds out that he died, and that's why Gemma's been acting so weird and being so cagey. So they have this big emotional conversation and they're like all right we need to face these demons and they keep cutting to the demons outside you know like kind of seeing each other and they are like all right ready on three one two three we're gonna go fight you know the the sadistic doctor and the demon (laughs) and they go outside i feel like i know what's gonna happen but go ahead (laughs) they're making out (laughs) the oh the demon and the the evil the evil versions (laughs) the evil versions have fall are having sex outside (laughs) they've fallen in love oh my god Okay. And they're just like, oh, okay. Well, that's that's easy. And they start, she's like, 
oh, damn. She's like, I didn't think you'd ever do that to me. He's like, I didn't think you'd ever let me do that to you. <laughs> so they were watching their evil versions have kinky Rim demon sex. On the, <laughs> yeah, essentially. Um, and then uh, Alien comes in, saves them, teleports them out. And they're headed back to... The, so next episode is going to be like the team that's been scattered this whole season on different adventures, they're going to be reunited. They're, everyone's going to be together again. Don't you love that? Oh, that's so... So that was... there. I thought there was like some twist or something that happened. No, it was just that the demon versions were making out with oh, each other. Because here's what I'm thinking. This is what I thought you were going to tell me. That when they, they were like, all right, we're going to have the big fight. And then when they woke up, they were the the evil versions one. Oh. Nope. That they succumbed to lust. Okay. But I got to say... Fitz and Simmons, they're some of the best thing. They're one of the best things about the MCU. They count. Fitz one of the best things about the MCU. Simmons. Great characters. Sounds like a you, law you, firm. There was a scene where you saw their job interview, like right before season one, to be part of Coulson's team. And it was just uh-huh. like, Jesus, like these were the characters we saw in season one. Oh my God, that was Fitz and Simmons in season one. In season six, they are totally evolved, different characters. It's just wonderful. It's so Buffy. Yay. They should be a part of the Tom Holland Spidey movies. They should be supporting characters. They should be his shield liaisons. Yeah. And they, they would have such a good dynamic. And have Samuel L. Jackson be in an episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Come on, people. Yeah, come on, people. Um, uh, you speaking sa- of Spidey. Yeah, what's you, you said you had have some you news on that. I haven't heard anything. I don't have news. I've just been watching these early reactions. And evidently, this movie is good. According to People who? Be, according to fans who have seen it. Okay. They say it's... Um, there are people who are saying this has beat Spider-Man 2 as my favorite of all time. Spider-Man 2 with Tobey Maguire? I agree. Yeah, I agree. That's the best one. Is that the one with the upside down kiss? Or is that Spider-Man I think that's one? the first one. Right. Yeah. The two is um, Doc Ock. Right. It's great. The one with the, the come on, the subway car? Yeah, that was the pretty The subway good. train scene? But that's... I still, there's a place in my heart of Tobey Maguire waking up hot. Like, that did something to me. When I saw that the first oh, time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, me like, too. Oh, Toby. No, I that that scene got me. I'll, that that scene is one of the most important scenes in my cinematic. I love him, my cinematic journey. And then the POV shot of him putting on his glasses, and then the glasses making everything blurry because he no longer yeah. needs glasses. Yep. Ah, well, I bet you haven't heard any like plot details. Or no, gosh, no. Um, but people are saying that Jake Gyllenhaal is phenomenal. Um, that Tom Holland is the one true Spider-Man after seeing this. Mm-hmm. Um, that the uh, post credit scene is gonna blow your fucking mind. Oh yes! And when does it come out? That, July first or something? Or is it? In yeah, June? July second. Okay. It's like Tuesday. It comes out like Tuesday because of the holiday. Right. Uh, yeah, it comes out real soon, real real soon. And people are like, I this was like my biggest like really. People are saying that they since Endgame have been really confused and really worried about the whole five-year gap thing and all these people returning. 
and they say they clear it up and they define it so like so well Yay. that people are like, oh, OK, thank you. OK, good. That makes me happy. Yeah. How's how any word about Zendaya? <laughs> she's in it. That's OK. That's all you got. Have you heard about this new show she's in? Euphoria? Yeah. I heard that. Um. Eric Dane has got a full frontal. No, season. not only a full frontal, full hard erection. <gasps> what? Now he said, of course he used a prosthetic because he actually has a micro penis. No, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but they were like, but apparently he has a full erect penis. McDreamy has a full erect penis in this. And I'm like, but then they're like, oh, but he's statutory raping a trans girl. And I'm like, oh, why? Why, what? why do you have to take something so amazing and then have to do something so horrible? But I'm still going to watch it for that. That's crazy. I've never seen Boner on a show. I've seen, okay. I've seen, I, I mean. I've never seen Boner in a movie outside of porn. No, I have. There's uh Wait, I've never seen a Boner now that I think about it. Oh, you shut up. You're just like, yeah, guys, look at me. And they just. Go flaccid immediately. <laughs> There's a movie from like 2000 called Fat Girl by Catherine Brulee. And uh-huh. there's basically, it's a French movie, so it's very disturbing. And there's one movie where there's this guy is trying to convince this girl, like they're both teenagers, but he's convincing her that if she does it up the butt, that she won't lose her virginity. And so she's like, all right. And then he just pulls down his pants and he has like an 11 inch hard penis. And you're like, ah, no. She then, (laughs) four years later, she made a movie called Death is Comedy, which is a, a, a fictional retelling of the making of that movie. So she has another actress playing herself as the director. And then she got the original actors to play the actors in this movie. And then there was a whole part of how that was a prosthetic dick. And then she was literally fucking with the girl in the movie to get the performance out of her. What the fuck? Anyway, fat girl, death is comedy. Watch them, artsy fartsy, but back to comic books. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Full erect penises. Uh, What movie, I would wish Spider-Man Homecoming had a full erect penis in it. With Jake Gyllenhaal and Tom Holland sword fighting. Sword oh swallowing and sword plunging. <laughs> sword plunging. <laughs> I uh, love seeing them on press tours together. I yeah. sure do. Because that's the thing. Do you always see, like, now when when Jake Gyllenhaal and Tom Holland had sex? Because they did. Oh, they did. I mean, I just, is, it, is it too cliche to assume that Jake was the top? No, I think that's what happened. Yeah. Tom Holland yeah. just has bottom face, you know? Yes, and bottom butt. Can you just imagine? I just, and it's 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 when watching him die and turn to dust, the faces he was making, I was like, ooh, I bet if you were getting fucked, you make really good faces. Mm. These, yeah. are, these are the things I think yeah. of while I'm crying. <laughs> I thought the same thing during the um, Captain America fighting Captain America scene. Yeah. Like, yeah. Ooh. Ugh. Chris. Uh, anyway, would you have Chris sex Evans. with Chris Evans' gay brother as a way to as Scott to, to feel like you were sleeping with Chris Evans? I would have sex with Scott Evans anyway. Okay. 
What about you? Honey, I'd fuck anything. <laughs> Me too. Chris Evans has got a Netflix movie coming out where it looks like he has no shirt on in the promo art. Is that the name of it? Yeah. Chris, Chris Evans, Evans has no shirt in on. No shirt on. Chris Evans in Chris Evans has oh, no shirt on. Speaking of Netflix, did you hear that? Where that new show, Good Omens? Uh, uh, yeah, Amazon Prime. <laughs> yeah. On Amazon Prime. Have you watched? I haven't. All these Christians have come together and and, yeah. and complained to Netflix demanding that they yeah. canceled it. And then Netflix yeah. was like, okay, we're never showing it again. <laughs> you know why? Because Christians are fucking idiots who oh, value faith God. and belief over intellect and actual rational thought. That's so they're, true. They, they do dumb stuff. Yep. Ugh, well. That's what happens when you're anti-education, friends. You ever see that Onion, uh, when Onion used to do like pretend Sunday magazine covers and it's just this woman yeah. holding a baby and she's like, they tried to teach my baby science. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we were talking about erect penises earlier and you know what that reminds me of? A candlestick. <laughs> Segway. Segway. Um, hey, Evil Jeff, did you read that E? Sorry, not E. Hey, Evil Jeff, did you read that IDW book, Clue Candlestick? I sure did. Let's talk about it, because I read issues one and two. Me too. This... Now, did you read them digitally, or did you read a print version? I read them digitally. Because... It seems like you should draw inside them and do puzzles. Yeah, that's what made me mad is because at the end of issue two, it's like, if you did all the puzzles, you'll know who the killer is. And I'm like, but I, I can't. <laughs> Not only does it say if it in addition, it like it's I can't do any of it because it says if you go back and do all the puzzles, you will already know who the murderer is. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's if you go back and do the puzzles and you have a clue board game at home yeah. to help you. Yeah. Like I got none of these things because well, I'm looking I mean, at comicsology. I, mean, I mean, you can just open up. You can open up a clue, an image of a clue board game on Google. Uh, who has time for that? No, that's what I mean. The other one was like painting all these colors with different colors, and then I was like, no. Yeah, color. If you color I'm green over a C, a put the C next to the green. Yeah, no, I mean I love it. I love that there's all these. Little I love things, it, but I'm not going to do it. And I tried to Reddit it and be like, did anybody do this? No one's reading this except no us. No one is reading it except us. <laughs> but you should be reading it because it's so weird. It's very weird. It's very... I like that Miss in this world, Miss Scarlet... Is a serial killer, Is a serial killer, but she's, she's, she's an artist muse. And she kills the artist so that their artworks will be worth more money. That's and great. I still haven't figured out... How does that help you? Like, how does that get you more money? She sells it. Okay. <laughs> she sells the art. But it's She's not the one hers. getting the money okay. for All it. All right, okay. But I think she like, takes it. Okay, all right. But, uh, yeah, Colonel Mustard is gay. Colonel uh, Mustard's gay, and his, his um, spoiler, he is murdered, and his last words are, Tell ketchup, I love him. Yeah, because apparently he like there's a secret society of all condiments, of all condiments. He's like the ultimate condiment name. 
I love it. Uh, and he's a very he was a very weird man talking about how even inanimate objects have motives. Um, so much so that when he first saw the titular candlestick, he pointed at it and exclaimed, that candlestick wants to kill. <laughs> it doesn't want to hold candles. And then it was, uh, but then Mr. Body gets killed. With By the lead, the lead pipe, pipe. And in the in conservatory. Issue two, Miss Scarlet is killed by uh, the um, by the dagger in the where was she in the library, the lounge? Yeah, I don't know where all that art was. I'm thinking library or lounge. Anyway, she's killed, and that was a weird creepy. They kind of like showed an X-ray thing of the going into her heart. Yeah, it was very weird. weird. The art is very strange and beautiful. It's it's I like I, it. Sometimes I like I it. I myself and sometimes am strange I don't and beautiful. Like <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just yeah. I, I'm. It's. But yeah, it's, it's very great. fun. I don't know. It's definitely it's very, very simple. Fun. It's great. Although there is, I do have one problem with it. He wrote this huge manifesto at the end of the first issue, and in it he basically says that the movie is terrible. So, yeah. Fuck this guy. His name is Dash Shaw, by yeah, the way. So he can go fuck himself because the movie is amazing. The movie's amazing. And Ryan Reynolds so. agrees with us because he's remaking it. So, so we yeah. have Ryan Reynolds on our side. And, when Ryan and, Reynolds and is we on have Ryan side, Reynolds here right now. Hey! All right, he's gone. All right, thank you so much. We yep, That's all we could afford. <laughs> um, yeah, check it out, fun. peeps. We just, we just spoiled the, the hell out of it. But I think it's Peacock <laughs> because um, I feel like she, she isn't never, doing anything. I agree. And she never took her key. But then is that a red herring? Yes, probably. Yeah. I don't know. Do the puzzles. Whip out that clue board. But I, can I tell it's, you, though? Here's the... This is how into Clue I am. I bought my favorite verb board game that's not called Clue, but called Whodunit. It came out in the 80s. I just bought it on eBay. I just received it. Oh, you just bought it? Yes. I, I mean, I had it as a Fuck. kid, but I just bought it on eBay. It came like three days ago. The reason that this game is cool is that it not only do you have to find out who did it and where and with what, but you have to do why. They have motives. <gasps> and so it's it's just like hatred, jealousy, love, power, anger. And there's 10. There's 10 weapons. And the weapons, it's like glass figurine, a vase, huh? a poker. And then all the locations are like private places. It's like the closet, the, oh. the, the, the wine cellar, the, oh. like the gazebo, under Ooh. the porch. Like it's just creepy places oh. of like where you would take a body. And the cool thing is, is to find out who it is, each... Um, there's five adjectives that describe the weapon, the location, the person, and the motive. And you basically shuffle it up and you put down three uh, adjectives. And when you look at those three adjectives, it will describe what the weapon motive location is. So you'll pick it, you'll like look at one clue and it'll be like shiny, heavy, oh, sharp. Oh, that's uh. the vase. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, and then for yeah. the motives, it's like heated, vicious, like, you know, uh, bold. Ooh. Oh, that's anger. Like, it's, oh. and then like for the people, it's like, she is your mean, tall, thin, neat. Like they're all like, you you find it by finding the adjectives. It's just very British and I love it. It's really good. 
And thank you so much to our sponsors. Who done it? Which hasn't been made for 30 years. Let's talk about Is that why they haven't paid us sponsorship money? Let's talk about some goddamn comics. Let's talk about some comic books. We've been doing this show for 90 goddamn minutes already. Okay. Uh, Clue Candlestick was a comic. Yes. Um, I want to tell you about one of the War of the Realms tie-ins. Okay. Specifically, a story within the the kind of anthology series that is War Scrolls. Uh, this is number three of three. It's got our main Daredevil story in the front uh, it ends with Daredevil going to join the fray and help Captain America in the main book. Is he still, like, um, all-seeing? Yeah, he's pretty great. I love cosmic Daredevil. Because um, he's still, like, a guilty Catholic. But it's like, you're a god now. Relax, man. The second story is a Doctor Doom thing. I was like, whatever. And the third story is a story about um, Thor's mother's team, Lady Freja's team, which yeah. is... Punisher, Blade, She-Hulk. So specifically, it focuses on She-Hulk. And it is She-Hulk in the form of Jennifer Walters walking next to Lady Frasia. Now remember, Hulk and Thor kind of have a thing going on, right? Is that still, that's still happening? Yeah. So Jennifer is being very weird around Thor's mother. Uh, and Thor's mother's like, why did you transform back into human? And she's like making up all these excuses. And it's basically, she's just trying to get up the courage to be like, Hey, I'm dating your son. Yeah. So then, so then they have to go into battle and she transforms into the Hulk and quickly the Hulk turns to Lady Frasia and goes, Hulk date your son. (laughs) (laughs) And the whole thing was about how the, how she Hulk was like super confident about the relationship, but Jennifer Walters was too insecure to 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 tell Thor's mom about it, but Hulk wasn't. <laughs> it's like, and then like at one point, Hulk's go, Hulk goes, uh, "Hulk knows Hulk good enough." <laughs> it's just so funny. <laughs> so I loved it. That's cute. Yeah, it was by Charlie Jane Anders and Simone Darmini. It was an adorable little story. Hulk date your son. I'll put his dick in me. <laughs> You know, and then she's got those big-ass arms now. Your son got big hammer. He fucked me with the hammer, too. She said, okay, all right, I get it. You're dating my son. Thank you. (laughs) We have a black Bifrost to destroy. So I read that. Did you read any non-X-Men book? I read a Valiant comic. Oh. What? I read an indie comic. Talk about it. What were we doing for that? What was that one called? Uh, Valiant, uh, ta-ha-ha. I read a Valiant comic. Oh, no, but we were doing indie comics. We had, like, a different criteria instead of ew. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't know. I just uh, used that one. <laughs> I read a Valiant comic. It was called Psy Lords. And I guess because I heard, saw the term Psy, and I'm like, You thought it was Psylocke? No, but I was like, oh, maybe this is all about, it's like a band, a team of all psychics. No. Basically, this voice... These four people, a guy from China, a guy from Russia, a girl from America, and a girl from France, and they each wake up in this weird alien prison with this voice in their head, basically like, wake up, you're a god now, you have to escape and save me. 
And each of them are like, what are you talking about? I don't remember how I got here. The last thing I, it kind of them just going into like, the last thing I was doing was this and now I'm here. And they're like, you have this power and they found you and they kidnapped you and unleashed your power. You have the power of a God. You can use it to escape. You have to escape and save me. And this voice in it is in their head telling them. And finally, they're just like, we're gods. I can do whatever. And they basically all just have, it looks like green lantern powers. Okay. Like these things kind of form off their body. And the one girl looks like Wolverine. She just gets claws on her hands. And this other girl just shoots like like kind of electricity. The other one's more like like he just turns it almost like armor from the X-Men. And then this one guy, the Asian guy, has like big orange wings, kind of like Phoenix. And they basically break out and they're following the voice. They go to the voice and this like older man is about to be operated on. They kill all the bad guys, save the guy. And they're like, what do you mean we're gone? He's like, you saved me. I'll explain everything. And then people, the other bad guys come in and shoot the guy in the neck and kill him. And they're like, no. And so they kill all the bad guys. And then they like look out the window and see that they're like, not even, they're like in another galaxy. And then they're like, what do we do? (laughs) And so it just ends with them being like, I don't, I don't know what to do. So huh. I don't know if it was good, but it was it wasn't bad. It was fine. Okay. Are you I, give read it, I give it two ha ha ha's. Probably ha, not. Ha, I don't know, ha, maybe. Ha, maybe. Maybe. Okay. Let me know if you do. Psylords. Psylords, not Psylocke is the full title. Uh I read Guardians of the Galaxy number six, uh, by Donnie Cates and Jeff Shaw. And you want to know who the new Guardians of the Galaxy are? Yes, please. Um, it's Star-Lord, Gamora, Groot, who talks now, Moondragon, Phylavel, Betteray Bill, and Lockjaw. Lockjaw? Mm-hmm. Wait, And Gamora. they're going to find Rocket. What happened with Yeah, Gamora? they got her. It, that was the whole story. They got her back, and, like, they were trying to bring Thanos back to life, and she was trying to stop it. And um, the these new Guardians ultimately stopped it. Um, they were the, so Star Fox had formed dark guardians with like Nebula and, um, Gladiator and people. Gladiator. uh, You know, Gladiator. And, um, and then there was like the other guardians, the good guys. And, you know, they're all trying to. Uh, the, the the bad guardians are trying to kill Gamora because they're convinced that Gila is trying to download the consciousness of Thanos into Gamora's body. Gila is trying to do that, but the twist is it's not Gamora she's trying to download Thanos into. It's Star Fox, his brother. Mm. So they get Thanos into Star Fox and then... Hela is able to reconstruct Thanos's body, like put his head back on his body. So then the big plan is to get Thanos out of Star Fox and into his body again. And they interrupt it mid process. So at the end, you have like a, like a, like a um, not quite there yet Thanos who's like, what? You're like, oh God, kill it. Put it out of its misery, please. Uh, and they do. Um, and it ends with that team. They destroy the, they prevent the, the second coming of Thanos. Um, they destroy Hela in the process. They send her through a black hole. And uh, everybody's okay. And space is good. Space is good. Well, there you go. Space is good now. Guardians of the Galaxy, space is good now. Let's go find Rocket. I think 
issue seven starts a new story that's called the death of rocket what why death cells not that it matters it's just gonna bring them back exactly all right now colonel mustard that's gonna stick rocket (laughs) no he'll be back are you trying to make me look stupid in front of the other guests don't need any help from me sir that's right all right anyway uh let's move on to the x-men the x-men finally we're here Age of X-Men, we ended two other comics. And they both ended the same way. Stupid. They both ended with people being fully brainwashed. Yeah. I I hate this. I hate it. Like, I hate it, Brett. Brett, do you know that I hate, I hate this? I'm... I'm really not like I'm just I'm enjoying extremists the rest of it I'm like uh. there's no point to it there's no point to it and specifically there has really been no change like next gen ends with our heroes being mind wiped also and then ends where there's no resolution like I know it's like all ends in Omega but there's literally no sort of resolution at all for any character there's no character arc there's like nothing and I'm like why did I read all of this there is no reason for me to have read any of this it's not even good story it's stupid and Nightcrawler, it, Megan, are you telling me that Megan, who's been married to Captain Britain for years, that she now has a baby with Nightcrawler and that baby clearly doesn't exist. So why do I give a shit about it? Why would I give a shit about this daughter that doesn't exist? Right. Who's just going to disappear when it when the world ends. Unless, oh no, what if she, yeah, God, what if they make her uh, the, the Exiles character? Nocturne. Nocturne. Ugh. Well, it's not like... So, Nightcrawler isn't... I, I can see the cliche happening of, of them having their memories from Age of X-Men, and Nightcrawler's like, oh my god, I had a daughter. Oh, it hurts. But he doesn't even remember her. Yeah, it was already wiped out. The next-gen kids are mind-wiped and pacified, lobotomized. And Nightcrawler at the end, five issues, mind-wiped, pacified, lobotomized. Kill me what ha- now. Yeah, like Marvelous X-Men. Um, how did that end? Did that end with them just like kind of ready to fight? Yeah. Because doesn't he freeze them in place, Nate? And then... Does he mind wipe them? No, but I think he's basically like, this is my universe I created. Oh, that's right. It ends with, I am this world. Yeah. And then the apocalypse and the extracts ends with them realizing that apocalypse made a deal with him the whole time to be the bad guy, which doesn't make any sense either. So, I don't know. This is so fucking stupid. I hate it. I hate it. And speaking of apocalypse, let's just get into (laughs) this now. Oh, this God. Pikmin run, I'm going to hate it, Brett. I'm going to hate it. I know you it are. It shows Moira, the new release is showing Moira McTaggart making out with Apocalypse. 
they're like not even making out. They're just like touching faces. It's so weird. No, what? And she's like hovering in the air. It's a really. I'm surprised they're going with this as promo art. And then why? Who gives a fuck about Moira McTaggart? We don't know. Fuck Moira McTaggart. What? She's she's she is an essential X character. She's not, but she's dead, and she's not even a mutant. You don't know that? She just has latent mutant genes since her child is a mutant. Yep. Hey, I don't know, man. I'm I'm keeping an open mind. I'm going to love it. It's going to be pretentious as fuck, and that is my jam. He's such he's so obnoxious. I just want to blow his brains out. Do you follow do you follow him on Twitter? No, but you were telling me he's like crushed it. I'm like, "Go fuck it. You're sound like a date rapist right now. Go to hell." Anyway, you know, we'll see. I so, you know, feel like I'm going to hate it. <laughs> House of X and House of X and Powers of Ten are limited series. And then that's going to give way to a new lineup of books. And he's going to still write the flagship title, whatever that may be. It'll be uncanny. Yeah. Which will start at a number one. Again. This is like what the fifth time it's been relaunched as a number one. Oh, at the very least. Stop it. Oh, my God. Um, but over to the actual Uncanny, a story that I am enjoying very much. And everyone else is hating it, and I love this. I want I Matthew Rosenberg it. to keep writing this shit. Me too, man. I love it. So Every, every character is, like, exactly the... like. I, he just really, I think, he understands each of these. He writes each of these characters so well. And we, and we, because guess what? Oh, would Magic murder Beast? Hell yes, she would. Hell to and yes, she would. Who was the, what was the first time you read? What was the first time you read an X-Man in a moment, in a split second decision, just decide to kill a bad guy because it was just too much. He just had I to loved die. it. And she just it was fucking Col- it was Colossus. It was Colossus oh, in right. Mutant Massacre. Yeah, it was her brother. Yeah, this this makes sense. I'm but sorry. But I love that he's like, "Where are you teleporting me to?" And she's like, "Boop!" and just teleports his head and chops his head off. In she the said, ceiling. "Fuck you, Dan. Fuck you, Dan." <laughs> and they're like, "What are you doing?" And she's like, "Oh, shut the fuck up! Like, come on, give me a break." There is no better moment than when a female superhero who's kind of a bitch says enough. <laughs> it's my favorite. It's the best thing in comics. Uh, so that was great. Because, you know, I I hate Dark Beast. I've always hated Dark Beast. And I hate that they just let him spider robot legs walk around. Like, yeah. just, hey, thanks thanks for all the chemicals, friends. Who knows what he's doing to you? But that was the thing. Well, is It turns out. out that they were all being uh, Mr. Sinister. Put a he. The whole reason that battle happened is to put that suggestion in their head. Yes. To let them go forward with it and trust him. Genius. Yeah. And uh, uh, the one thing, the, the one thing I still don't like is the motivations of Wolverine. We talked about this last week. The mo- Wolverine hating Emma Frost. Well, they did shed some light on that. In that, he reveals that Quanin has kind of helped him. Like, he has full memory and understanding of how much manipulation Emma has been doing oh, to right. him. 
So that's why. Got it. Yeah. He kn- like he's not going to take kindly to being manipulated into. What did Emma say about protecting Kwan Scott or Zero? She could- oh my god! I did not anticipate Betsy's sexy side coming to life. <laughs> <laughs> what a great life! <laughs> oh, that was so good. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And then she had another one too. That was like, um, oh, oh, she's like, oh. You know, I always thought I'd like you better with the without the little princess in there, but turns out I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so great. Um, so yeah, I mean, a lot came out. I think this issue moved this whole story forward in that you know, Cap was like, "I haven't, I haven't been talking to you. <laughs> what are you talking about? What are you talking about?" Um, and hello, they picked up one of my favorites, the, basically who I feel is male Emma Frost, Doctor Nemesis. Yeah. What I have a question. Guy. What was he doing there? Um, I think Cap recruited him to counter the effects of what Beast did. Of what oh, okay. Did. Yeah. And but, Scott but was basically Scott thing. was basically like, okay, we'll take we'll take Nemesis by <laughs> But the weird thing is is they took care of the whole plot where now no one's gonna do the no one's gonna get vaccinated anymore. Right. They saved it. So they did save it. I thought that was going to be like a whole plot point in the Hickman run, but no, it was just, it ended. Yeah, it's over. My thing is, is, so where do you think this is going? Because it ends with Emma Frost saying, Scott, I'm giving you your memories back. I'm so sorry, my love. I had to do it, but I need your help. I need the X-Men. How is this going to go over? How I feel like, uh, where is this? Is this going to end with Cyclops being like, "Fuck you, Emma. You're an enemy. I hate you. I never want to see you again." Like, how do how do you think this is going to end for them? I think it's going to end with Scott saying, "Fuck you, Emma. I hate you. You're an enemy. I never want to see you again." Oh, that breaks my heart. It does break my heart. I'm hoping it does. that. I- I want it to be one of those things, though. I want it to be like a Snape moment where Emma realizes the only way to save Scott and the X-Men is to be the bad guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like to take the fall and be the bad guy. And she sacrifices that because she loves Scott. We need to because they need to have that humanizing love that she has for Scott. They need to still have that. Oh, I think she will always just, have that. Like just I, set the, it up with her and with him getting back with Jean Grey. Blard. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe not. I mean, like it looks like they're both going to be Xavier's primary soldiers now. They they're coworkers again. So, but it is going to be interesting. Where it seems like Xavier is probably going to be the one that ends this whole thing. I think this ends. With I think Xavier I think he and, I think yeah. he's going to step out end the whole one, and he's going to end the uh, Age of X Men. I think he's going to take care of. Both See, of them. I think Emma is going to end the whole one. I do think that this. I well, I think this is leading up to two things. One, I think this is leading up to Emma making kind of a big move that's not going to optically be great, and people are kind of gonna hate her for it but you know that she did it and she saved everybody um and then i think her future will be a hellfire club of like our favorite gray area characters like mystique and elixir 
And then uh, I think this, I love that Elixir is is on that team. Yeah. I love him. Yeah, but I also think this is leading to a big death. Well, come on, right? Like this has got to be a, like a big death come at the end. But you not know, Emma. But you were, they already showed another preview was the other big death that's going to happen. What Sunspot? Xavier. Oh yeah, they show a thing where it's like a, a, a monument, memorial a memorial to Xavier. So we don't know. But here's the thing: is they already think he's dead, so that could be a ruse. Where it's like, and Psylocke they... is the only one who knows. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they'll pick that back up. I think Matthew Rosenberg is going to kill his favorite character, Havoc. Well, he's already half dissipated. Yeah. I want yeah I would be I'd be with thing where he uses his power that's like a foreshadowing he's going to use yep. his power to a thing where he just and fade away yeah yep and Calling because it. he just fades away that means five years from now he'll reappear somewhere well he's in the promo art for House of X but he's a child yeah that's what I was to say is but yeah House of X is all could be just that's the thing is all this is past future you don't know what the fuck you're dealing with. You don't know what the fuck. Oh my god! How, how about how about Shinobi Shaw's suicide, where he's like, "I'm not going to be victim to Emma's mind games." <laughs> it's like okay, it was a little dramatic. Wait, is oh, I thought Havoc killed him. No, he stuck his own hand in his own brain. I thought that was Havoc because Havoc is like half. No, I thought Havoc did that. No, 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 no. He killed himself. <laughs> he just did it to himself. I didn't even realize that. Oh, yeah. I love it. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> His last words were, and she won't get me. Tell your master, meaning Emma, that Shinobi Shaw never knelt. Oh, okay. I thought Havoc was like, yeah, shut up. <laughs> so this is this is kind of why, like, it's already, like, going to be seen as, Emma has been controlling everybody in one way, shape, or form to, well, because she had to. That's not going to go over well. But here's the thing: is Fitzroy is there? He didn't die, did he? No. I no, would say I think... if Emma wanted to kill anyone, she yeah, would be killing fuck. Fitzroy because he killed all of her students. Yeah. Back maybe. in X Men Blue or Gold, would which you team was fucking it? love it? Would you fucking love it if it came down to that? Like, if her plan the whole time was just to, like, kill anybody who would have gotten in her way of killing Fitzroy? Yeah, that would be hilarious. I would love it. And then here, let's do some history real quick to see if you remember your history. Why is Fitzroy evil? Who made him evil? Ooh. I don't know. Layla Miller. How? When Layla Miller was sent to the future, that's where you, he, Fitzroy is the one where you realize what her powers really are, that she can revive people <gasps> without their soul. That's right. And she, and Fitzroy was one of the main good guys and she uses her power to bring him back to life. But then she realizes he didn't have a soul and he turned evil. That's right. Oh, nice. lessons. Thank you, X Factor. Wow. Um, let's end things on a big grand design element. Let's look at the Marvel <laughs> universe as a whole with X-Men grand design, the end of it all. 
The end of it all. He was like, hey, once Chris Claremont stops writing, I don't want to do this anymore. It's over. Yeah. Uh, which is great. God bless Ed Piscor. Uh, I this is one of my favorite comic things of all time. Ulti- like the whole grand design. I, I, I'm going to read this thing so many times. It's so I funny because especially when it was like he's telling it all the way from Inferno through Extinction Agenda, and then there's and then weird beyond into yes, I'll get to that. But then also, did we talk about how he was like? Oh, Dazzler's in another dimension. Colossus is in another dimension. Like, I love how when they went to the Siege Perilous in his version, he's like, oh, they're just in another dimension. They're not even here. Rogue is in another dimension now. She's gone. And then they're doing Extinction Agenda, and they basically make it where Extinction Agenda, everything is nuked. And then I was like, that didn't happen. And then it's like, and then the Sentinels come. And then it basically starts being like and from extinction agenda it moves into the world it loops back of days of future past and bishop yeah yeah and then it shows and then he ends up having it where he goes bishop rachel and kitty pride we're gonna send you all three back to different times to try and fix this and i wish it went and showed more of it the other two but it just shows kitty going back yeah, and, that's the, uh, and then it's like we fixed it, so now none of that happened. <laughs> it's so great, and then Cyclops goes off with Lee Forrester. Yeah, there are some great goddamn panels. Like I, this book has got some of the funniest, low key funniest panels of just the the goofy way that he draws people's uh, character sometimes, <laughs> and the way he chooses to visually depict like the fantastic four finding gene and all <laughs> on page one. And all she says is water. <laughs> it's so cute. It's so weird. It's so funny. And then there's, um, later there's a panel where they're talking about, um, like they're curing, uh, or they're testing children, um, for dormant mutation. It's like things are starting to get really bad. Uh, it, Project Nimrod is led to. And there's just a picture of this little, like, snot-nosed kid wearing a T-shirt that just says, clean, under the <laughs> narrative about testing children for dormant mutation. Oh, my it's God. It's so funny. Anytime people are going into or out of one of Gateway portals, it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. I liked when they were all being sentenced to death. And oh, it was I like, it. do you choose this or death? And death, then like, martyrdom, death. Death, death. And then like, who, like, Cable says nothing, but Wolverine, like, Jubilee says some snide joke. And then Wolverine is like, Burr! <laughs> Psylocke says martyrdom. <laughs> but that's not true, because Psylocke agrees to go with them in the comics. She agrees yeah. to go through the mutate change just... To, to double cross everyone and then battle and save everybody. That was when I remember when that was all happening and Psylocke finally joined everyone else. And they're all just like, is that really Psylocke? I don't know. Wolverine vouches for, I don't know if that's her. And then she goes and then she tricks them. She breaks through her, her things, her handcuffs, is battling everybody. And then she sees Havoc. It just goes, Havoc? And then she loses the battle yeah. because yep. Havoc is there. Yep. Havoc? Havoc! 
Oh man, this grand design. It's I, like so good. I now I want I can't wait for the third hardcover to come out because I have the first two and I can't wait to sit down straight through all free hard. And all free I liked at the end it went through panel by panel and told you what was different, like yes, what issue had happened yes. and what he changed. Yeah, it's so good. God, there's so many funny panels. Some great stuff. It's some great storytelling. It's great stuff. If only all comic book storytelling were this tight. Yeah. Come on, Hickman. You're on watch. Come on, Hickman. We're watching you, Hickman. Can't believe it's like getting close to July. Like it's less than a month before it starts. Oh my God. I'm so nervous. Do you know, um, I guess they're coming. I, I'm, I'm curious about the cadence at which they're going to be the released. Like I, I want, I want a house of X and a powers of 10 every week. Every week, give me something. No, I think I think it's. I think give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. I think it's each week. It's Powers of Ten. Next week, House of X. Next week, Powers of Ten. Next week, House of X. It better be. And so that is then. I think, and it's either each twelve issues. Uh, yeah, ten or twelve, something like that. Yeah. So how many weeks is that for then? That's twelve, but if there's two of each. That's like 24 weeks. That's half. That's six months. Six months of just two. Maybe they, I hope, maybe they are released at the same time. I hope so. I don't know. I don't want to have. He just says one. that one is going to re is going to reframe the other. Like you read house of X and then when you read powers of 10, you kind of rethink what you read in house of X. But if they're each, I'm just thinking if they're each 12 issues and they happen one after another, that's 24 weeks. That's like each week there's only one X book. I mean, they might only come out twice a month. Although, oh, wait, 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 wait. There's the other one. There's the, what's the other one coming out? The Wolverine one? Weapon Plus. I don't know how connected that's going to be. Weapon Plus. Who's the other person in that? Cap. Weapon One. Right. I want that book to give us canon that weapon three was the dog and the kitty and the bunny rabbit from Grant Morrison's We Three. Oh yes. Do that. Do because in Morrison's original run that comic. That was so good. It was so good. And in his original run, when Phantom X is going through who all the weapons were, he does say at one point, like weapons three through five were all animals or something like that. I remember in the moment, like when I first read that, I was like, that's a low key reference to We Three. Yeah. So just just have those have those babies in, in the book. That'd be like fun. on a computer monitor somewhere yeah. in the background. <laughs> oh my god. Well, we did it, guys. We did it. We did it. Excellent grand design. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for everything. Thank you, Ed Pisker. Um, I, I feel like we would have a lot in common with him comic book wise, mm-hmm. you know, same era, same love. I agree. Oh, well, I'm exhausted. I am exhausted. Took a Ladies lot and gentlemen and everyone in between and beyond. Thank you so much for listening to, oh my God, episode 90. We've been doing this. I've been saying this 90 times. Yep. 
that if you would just give us a rating on your podcast app, we will be eternally grateful. Then after you give us the rating of five stars, please, if you give us a five-star rating, then you can tweet at us and be like, hey, boys, I gave you a five-star rating, and then who knows what will happen. Who knows? And remember, oh, what, do you know? No, I was just going to say you, you'll, you'll get magic powers. You'll get magic powers. And you'll get full frontal from the one of us. Yes. Or Eric Dane. Yeah, he's ready. If you so, if you prefer. He's ready to go, always. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between and beyond, thank you so much for listening to Comic Book Queer's Legacy. Um, remember that if you read comics, well, guess what, everybody? That makes you queer. queer. Happy Pride. Bye. Bye.